Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of The First Exchange. A great episode uh, up for you today. Um, we have Shawnee B. Um, you might not recognise Shawnee B's name, but you'll definitely recognise his business name. He's the mastermind behind all of the Cut and Sew barbershops. Um, so if you're in Temple Bar, if you're out in Dundrum, um, you'll definitely know him. He has created this sort of really cool barbershop experience, which I don't get to experience because I'm not a dude. But what I'm told is, um, you know, it's a really great experience. The same way that when, when when women go to a hairdresser's, you know, you get a little glass of champagne and you're, you're buying into an experience. You, f- you go in feeling one way and you leave feeling absolutely amazing um, so we got Shawnee in to talk about um, building the business um, you know his hopes for the business um, starting out where he wants to go um, and then we spoke about mental health and we spoke about you know how important his job is to him about how it's about giving back and it's not just about Barbara and there's a little bit more to it and then we also spoke about his next venture which is public speaking um, so he's got a new event about um, here's what I know so it's about all he knows being able to give back to to you guys and and to anyone who shows up to the event so hope you enjoy the 11th episode of the first exchange um and as always follow us on instagram subscribe to us on itunes on spotify um, and let us know who you want to hear on the podcast going forward this is shawnee b for episode 11 of the first exchange episode 11 shawnee b what's up Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for coming in. Finally, you stood me up two weeks ago, so it was good to get you in. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It was uh, my clients came first before this amazing social podcast thing yes, that you're doing. So yeah. I'm intrigued and delighted to be. I moved clients around today just thank to make it so happen. Thank you so much. Thank you. So. I'm really, really grateful. So thank you very much. But for our, our listeners, I always say viewers, I'm so used to saying viewers if I connect to you, but our listeners that don't know much about you, you are the mastermind behind Cut and Sew Barbers. Yeah. And a list of other things, but let's start with Cut and Sew Barbers. Um, and you just told me, you just reminded me actually that I'd done like one of my first interviews in the basement of Cut and Sew with Dylan Took, yeah. who was an MMA fighter. Maybe five years ago. So Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. So I haven't done many podcasts or I've actually only done one. Yeah. And I really am vibing off them. Yes, so they're good. They're a good way to not stay up all night and watch crap things on Netflix like I do every other night. Yes. So I've started to, I've never gone on to the whole Joe Rogan thing. But obviously I think it's better that more people homegrown are doing them. Yeah. People who you know or you want to get to know but you're too afraid to say hello to them when you see them or, yeah. you know, you see characters around Dublin you're like, you know, you chat to them on Instagram and I hate mm. not speaking to somebody if I've met them or followed them on Instagram. I want to yes. get that out of the way. Yeah. So this is daddy to do it. And yeah, I'm looking forward to having a chat and maybe just getting to know a little bit about each other, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's about you. There's not much to know about me. <laughs> I see <laughs> it all way, on Instagram. You're way anyway. more important than I am and ah. way more interesting than I am. Absolutely. Look, but... tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I need an ego boost. I'm not feeling too good. <laughs> no, but listen, it was really important because obviously with the podcast, the whole kind of aim is to, to do what you say, you know, it's to give a, a platform to people who are doing stuff in our community or who are doing deadly things, creatives, whatever it might be, and give them a chance to kind of tell their story and, and tell you know our listeners about them and, and maybe inspire our listeners to kind of go on and chase their dreams or to be proactive in their lives I yeah. suppose and arguably you know cut and sew if you live in Dublin you know cut and sew I mean it's just such a staple in like even meeting points I'll meet you outside cut and sew on the keys I'll meet yeah. you outside wherever you're, you're, the locations are 
how how does it go from you know like what's your background like, were you a barber because you still barber it's your yeah. your trade right yes yeah, so i used to be a female hair a female hairdresser not a female <laughs> i was a ladies hairdresser this is very on trend for right now yeah but um so i used to i actually was a carpenter for two years and that didn't work out and i lost the apprenticeship maybe 14 years ago and a friend of mine was uh, a hairdresser in Tony and Guy, and he was like, this is a great job. It's not hard work at all. Yeah. And it's a cool setup. You'll really enjoy it. And I was like, but I don't like cutting hair at all. Why would I like to, to work there? And he's like, it's not about cutting hair. It's just about the vibe and the social aspect. Yeah. So I think I'm a pretty bubbly person. And I was like, this is okay. So I went in, got a haircut. I was like, this is fucking gas. Like, they're all... You know, um, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, it's your job. Oh, grand, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it only took like one minute. We're off air, we're yeah. off air. <laughs> but um, so he was, I was like, you'll really like it, it's social. And I was like, I didn't have any other options. Yeah. I, I tried to get another apprenticeship as a carpenter, but the first two years of my apprenticeship uh, weren't accredited. So it was like, it, they weren't on paper. So I would have to start from day one again. And I was so broken. Like mm-hmm. I left school at 16. Then did two kind of crappy jobs for two years um, or a couple of crappy jobs for two years. And then I got the apprenticeship and then I was 20 and I was just broken as a young man being like, there's no work out there as a carpenter. Mm. And I was offered an apprenticeship like that with hairdressing because apparently in uh, in every recession that's happened, people and uh, makeup and hair will always do well. And it's because people obviously want to look good and feel good. And it's not so much of a. It's not so expensive that nobody can afford to get a haircut wow, or a little bit of makeup. That's very interesting. And it's actually being proven mm. that it's a fact. So it hasn't been affected by a recession. So I was like, Roy, will I give it a go? And I was going out with a girl at the time who worked in Peter Mark. And then she was a little bit didn't like it because I was her boyfriend. I was, a, you know, a character. Yeah, you're kind of going into her territory. <laughs> yeah. And Tony and Guy, which I thought was cooler, you know, yeah. she didn't like it. And so that didn't last too much longer. <laughs> but I started off doing that which is now 12 years ago and I just liked it was it was about the people actually yeah and everyone was like he's a lovely lad but he's like um he's not the best hairdresser which was <laughs> the truth I wasn't great but I was good with people yeah and I think so much of that job is about that and mm. I wasn't fit for working in a on a building site not talking to people all day and you know doing an added conversion and then I enjoyed more the, the talking to the customer. So if I was doing an ad conversion, I'd meet Mary or some, you know, lovely yeah. lady whose house you're working in. I end up having a chat with her for my whole lunch. Like, oh, that's great. No way. And it's funny how it worked out that when I did hairdressing, I blossomed with people. And the, hair, the skill came later. And I did four years of that and qualified and then moved to a salon or two. But I noticed I was just starting to do more cuts than colour. It just wasn't creative. Yeah. It was more a craftsman, you know. I was good at my hands, but I yeah. couldn't visualise some amazing colours for yeah. for women and men. And I have five younger brothers, so I was practising no at home way. without knowing. I wasn't doing a good job, obviously, at the start. <laughs> You're butchering all your brothers. Butchering the brothers. <laughs> and um, I kind of felt like, God, it, it just there was something not right. I was like, I don't really like doing women's hair, but it was good money. And I was doing Nixers. I used to take the bus. Yeah. I'm from Bray originally. Well, Dunleary originally, but then moved to Bray. But I have to get a dart from Dunleary or Bray out to like the north side to do uh, two full head of highlights on these mad yokes. <laughs> like, I remember just these two particular ladies from the country <laughs> and they'd be locked on the wine on a Thursday. Yeah. And I'd charge them 100 <laughs> quid each and then I'd be eating dinner and locked with them. 
And I'm like, this is a lot. Sounds like a bleeding great it, job. It, so it, it was a great job, but it, was just, but it was very social and like it was. Um, I was like, I'm not doing it. Then I was thinking, are they pissed? And like, I'm just doing their hair for cheap. And I, I was really unsure that I was good at the job, but it was just yeah. money I needed. And yeah. then the kind of shop I was in, I was like, Do you know, I can go one of two ways. And it's funnily enough, um, I seen something like Rob Lips had said that um, if your kind of side hustle is making it just as much or more than your actual main hustle or your main job, mm. you can kind of give it a go. So I was doing all these house calls and I was doing lads haircuts for twice as much as what they were paying in the barbershop. Mm. And I was like, OK, so my Wednesday evenings would be instead of going for a swim, gym or points, I would do haircuts at home in my mom's kitchen. Mm. And I was like, I've just made 80 quid in two hours. Yeah. You know, I was getting paid 80 quid a day. So I kind of was like, I can either leave and kind of take a risk or I can um, just continue to work on a job that's, you know, not really, I'm not mad about. Yeah. And that's what I did. And no, not many people know this, but I worked in the dingiest, it was a Chinese hair salon in Bray, like somewhere that I was a bit like, because I worked in Tony and Guy, which is fancy and cool and high yeah. end to like, I mean, 70 year old women coming in in Zimmer frames, yeah. like <laughs> asking you for a shampoo. It was just mentally, I was a bit like, what am I doing? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I knew a guy that owned a record shop in town uh, and he was kind of, it was post-recession. He didn't know what he was doing with the space. It was a little bit dingy. It was kind of run down and he was like, I think a lot of people post-recession had spaces in town that, yeah. you know, like your friends, oh, I have a makeup bar here, but you can do blow dries or eyebrow tints in the back. Yeah. So the good thing, I think, with every recession is it's rent and, and spaces. Uh, people don't have as much money, so you get creative. Mm. And I was like, God, I kind of know someone with a record space. I wonder would he let me just put a chair in and a mirror and I'll clean and paint the place for free. And I think he was happy to do yeah. that. So he said... Um, Okay, I approached him just because I was kind of in and out of there in town. I was passing through town doing nixers all the time, going back home. And he and this would, is in Temple Bar, right? This, this is, is in the original Temp one. This is the original store, yeah. um, which I won't name the shop just for whatever reasons, yeah. but yeah, it's all yeah, good. Yeah. And um, when I was in, in the shop, I was helping out. And I'm, I, that's, again, it comes back to here. So I think I was good with people. And I think he was like, God, oh, this lad's quite nice. He's yeah. like really helpful. And I was great. And I was working for free in the record shop. Mm. Um, like selling customers records, paint, helping people, really, really high-end kind of customer service. But yeah. I think the lads are a bit like, whoa, like that's not really done in, in kind of cool record shops. They just yeah. sit there and say, what's yeah, up? Yeah, you sit back and kind of throw a dirty look as you walk in. Yeah. What are you picking up? Yeah. And like, yeah. It's like they don't even want you there. A lot yeah. of shops kind of had that attitude for yeah. years when things were good. And I just never, that was, wasn't instilled in me. I was just like always quite bubbly and friendly as yeah. soon as I got working in a hair salon. Yeah, what star sign are you? Capricorn. Oh, very interesting. You mm. must feel me and Amanda. Yeah. Continue, we'll Continue. talk about it later. <laughs> um, so Shane then, is a Capricorn as well. Oh, They're all around stuff. me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, is it the sign of the sheep or the goat? It's a sea goat. A sea goat. It's actually a sea goat. That's where the confusion lies. People think that it's a ram or a, it's a, a goat. It's not a billy goat. But an, an, a, a ram, a goat is, <laughs> it could be a billy goat, is Aries. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone said it's a sign of like someone that keeps chucking along and like never gives up. And I don't know. Yeah, Someone's well, you've fought from extinction because there is no <laughs> seagulls anymore. Oh, good. So there you go. I'm but continue, descendant. continue. We'll talk star signs later. So, um, so in the shop, I was kind of like, I just, I had nothing to kind of grasp onto. And I think my personality is the key to my success, which I think it is to a lot of people mm. because I didn't finish school. I'm not like business orientated as such. 
uh, and I don't come for money. So by being nice, by kind of knowing somebody and he seeing, oh, this lad's a good worker. He was helping me out for free. Yeah. I painted his shop for free voluntarily. Now, he didn't ask me to. Mm. And I was like, I think I kind of grasped onto something. Like I could see something that was potential. I was yeah. like, this space isn't getting used. Same way if we're in Shane's lovely studio. I was like, God, we can nearly get a wash basin over <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> and we could do a PT class over <laughs> here as well. So you had vision. You were, like you were seeing. a little bit of vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he um, he basically was like, yeah, look, why not? What have I got to lose? I painted the basement of the shop and I cleaned it up as best I could. And, and truth be told, sorry, a guy previous to that, Josh Gordon, who's an amazing know, Josh. Dublin yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't live here anymore. Yeah. Delighted, you know, Is he still Josh? in London, yeah? He's still in London, yeah. like, doing film, and he's done some huge campaigns, like, you know, working with CP Company and Reggie Snow and yeah. just Carhartt, I think, in advance. He's yeah. just done mad stuff, but he's a great lad. So he actually did a pop-up shop for a week yeah. for fucking filthy, his clothes. That's right. And so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. by being friends, I was like, this is mind-blowing. How do you get a T-shirt made? Yeah. And he actually helped me design the first Cut and Sew T-shirt. And all these people I knew it was all from graffiti days and in this record shop and yeah. the spray paint shop. So... Then uh, the owner was like, yeah, why don't you just come in on a Saturday? We'll see how it goes. So we did a Saturday one week, and I think it was like four haircuts. So just the lads who would have texted me coming from, you know, maybe, I don't know, the north the north side, excuse me, of Dublin, and I would meet them coming in on the dirt. I had four haircuts, so it was maybe 15 quid a cut. So 60 euro. I remember the first day, and I was like, pen and a notepad. Uh, just a, whatever phone I had at the time. This was six, seven years ago nearly, so would it would was it an iPhone around seven years ago? Yeah. Would it yeah, have been? Yeah. yeah so probably yeah, the yeah. very first time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was, though, for some reason. But um, well, I'd love to know what phone I actually had. That's actually, it was a bleeding Nokia. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I had Slake on it. but So that's how it started. And then it was like, what do I call it? So I didn't really have a name at the start. Yeah. And uh, every week I'd kind of have a notepad and a diary and just like a phone number. But there was, I don't even think we had, a, I didn't have, I think I had Facebook or maybe Bebo at the end. It's mm. so hazy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I initially started, then I was like, Instagram was a thing. And I remember seeing some some haircuts on it from these famous Dutch guys called Shoreham or Shoreham. I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah. And they're like the world famous barbers, but it's all old fashioned and right. cool tattoos. Mm. The, whiz, the, uh, the empty Jack Daniel bottles they use as, as water sprays, excuse me. Oh, Deadly. So that's very They wear like the white overall jackets, and it was. I was a bit like, whoa, this is. So it's kind of like medicinal looking. It's like that old exactly, school, like, yeah, like a doctor kind of yeah. setup, but with yeah, tattoos yeah, yeah, yeah. and twirly handlebar mustaches. Deadly. Yeah. But I, I was like, I don't like that style. I'm very casually dressed. Mm. I never get dappered up too much. And I seen these lads were very like, you know, wearing brogues and like this. It's kind of 1920s, 30s, 40s yeah. era that they they replicate. And I liked that. So then I was like, well, if I did a contemporary version of that, which is what we did, it was like we played, like I'm into, I'm into all types of music, but hip hop, like house, disco and techno in this record store. If I played my music and kind of wore the clothes I want in the space I want, it would attract the people that will kind of want to get the haircut from me. Yes. Like your regular young professional lads. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not blokey, blokey per se. Like I don't watch football, but yeah. I'm into boxing and MMA. Yeah. But I'll also watch Dirty Dancing. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? Classic. Yeah. <laughs> El Clasico. Yeah, great soundtrack. <laughs> so the space the space was pretty much um, a mirror nailed to the wall. And I always put up on my Instagram a picture of it. And I, I write down a message that says, remember what 
remember how much you've achieved and it's literally a mirror that I robbed from my mom's hallway. Yeah. Um, a, a kitchen chair that she didn't know I took because we never had the kitchen table. There was like six, but she didn't know if one was gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was just a painted <laughs> wall, a mirror, and my yeah. scissors on it. And I still have it in, in, in my office at home. And um, it's so mad to see it when what it was. It was it's not embarrassing because it, at the time I thought it was the best I could mm. do. I had no money. So I just painted with like leftover paint from somebody's house. Obviously stole the equipment from my mom's house, like with the mirror. And then it was just, I think I set the Instagram up and it, it kind of blossomed. But there was yeah. the first three to six months, there was days where like one person would come in. Mm. And if you try and sit in a basement with no lights or no natural light, it can break you. Yeah, but I had nothing yeah, else yeah. To, to do. And then I was I was still working in this Chinese hair salon and break just to keep money coming in. And yeah. I, I was kind of proud. I'd never, I don't, I feel if someone has to go on social welfare, they have to, and they don't want to be there. But I was like, I don't want to. And it was, gotten, it was getting to the point, I was like, I'm only covering, like giving my mom 50 quid a week to live, yeah. trying to run a, a business, but I didn't know what it was a business. And it was, I remember it being tough. It's so hazy because I haven't actually spoke with it in depth in a while. So this is good as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think all of a sudden, like some, a, a girl who I met in a salon, Rosemary McCabe. Do you yeah, know her? Yeah, I know Rosemary very well. Yeah, yeah, She used to get her hair done in a salon I worked in in Queen. And she was at the Irish time. She's done everything. Like, yeah, she when well, when I met her, she was working for Stella at the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my best friend works for Stella. And then when when Katie got the job with Stella, we got introduced to Rosemary. And then just at different events and stuff like that, I met her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's in the states now. She's she's in America. She's in the states. And then yeah. she was, I think, also a creative head director or what do you call it? Like, uh, creative uh, director. Yeah, creative director. Yeah. Um, and she did things and I remember her hearing the story and kind of, I think she came into me because people, a couple of people were like, oh, yeah, are you doing a barbershop down here? And people were intrigued. There was no real signage out because so, I couldn't afford anything. Yeah. I actually did the very first sign by hand because I used to do graffiti by chalk and I have a picture if I scroll down far enough on Instagram. I must, it's so mad, I'm so baby-faced in it. Yeah. But that you kind of have to get creative in, yeah, in desperate times. And it, and it works to your advantage because people then think that you're kind of this kind of sort of aloof creative that yeah. you've made this like little like, you know, the thing in the basement. And they're like, oh, we have to go check this. But little they know that you're like literally like I didn't have a fucking pot to piss in. Yeah. Like. And when people came down, I remember them going like, what the fuck is this horrible off piss yellow magnolia <laughs> colour? Like that every mom had out like in delirium bread just for the kitchen. I was like, yeah. And then, so that did it. But every time I made money, I would better what I have. And that eat is that an ethos that every mm. shop I've done has done the same. If I've you know come in and done floors in one place and it didn't work, I would better them as soon as I had the money to do it. There's a really good quote about that, and I can't remember what. Do you know what it is, Shane? There's a quote about this. Maybe I read it in like a, a grow your business book or something, but that true entrepreneurs are true people that are successful in business that when they get an income in they pay themselves but they also invest back into the company that like putting money that you your profit back into the company is where it's like most important yeah like even like the mirrors and the gowns and the the baby powder and the gels like it was it was the cheapest well it wasn't the cheapest it probably was the cheapest but it was the most I could afford for it yeah 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 and then every time I did it and people were like it was the person that the haircuts were crap like if I look at them now but they were the best of my ability and people mm. like were like this is great Sean he's a nice lad it's hard to walk down a basement of a shop in Temple Bar as opposed to just going into any 
main street like shop yeah or like the graft and barbers they're located everywhere it's so much easier to go to them yeah and that's credit to them lads but um for me like a lot it it was an effort to go out of their way go through a record shop with these kind of characters that are you know not kind of like not um, some of them lads are lovely but there's a kind of stigma it's a bit like it's like going to a a gig or a concert people think if you go to an MMA thing everyone's really ready to fight and it's the opposite Yeah, I think it's the same with with graffiti and that hip hop culture if you ever go to the the Dublin hip hop show everything's the lads are all just like just because they're from the north so yeah or like a tattoo convention or something like that but they're the nicest people yeah of course Yeah, but but for like women because women were still coming to be the odd time who the Knicks is not the two crazy women. <laughs> oh, were, damn it. I was waiting yeah. for them to make an entrance back again. Yeah. But the, um, <laughs> so the people were coming into the shop and they had to go down like 12 stairs and pop their head around the corner and just see what was he doing. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. a lot of the time I was there was records down there and I would be listening to music and I don't even think the laptop worked because there was no Wi-Fi. So I had a notepad and, pa- notepad and pen and I was kind of writing down like little ideas and plans. And in between people coming in, I was upstairs working for free to to justify the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it kind of, after the first couple of months, I remember getting a day that I was overbooked. It was kind of a little moment. I was like, wow, I actually can't look after all these people because a woman came in with her two sons and people were like, go into Sean, go into Sean. 15 quid means a lot to him. Yeah. And In those moments, are you like... You know, when that's happening at that time, are you are you able to sit back and go, shit, it's happening? Like, I can see it unfolding in front no. of my eyes? Or are you just like, daddy, like, or how am I going to squeeze these people in? Like, I'm going to have to stay till 10 tonight, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you've no option. And it's not like now we have a big luxury of, um, we work by appointments, but we also do walk-ins. Yeah. And uh, people are getting very complacent at the minute in my industry. We're like... There's so much, so many barbers that kind of replicate what we did. And we definitely weren't the first. We were one of the first mm. um, to do it in Dublin. I think one of the top two or three. I think I can only think of one other pair, one other place that did online bookings. And that was a place called the Butcher Barbers. Yeah. A guy, Emmett, who uh, had the slicker shop in the lane way between Grafton Street and I think it's Clarendon Street. Black Subway tiles, neon. He had all the rugby lads in there. It was a slick shop. It used to be, I think, a butcher's. And it's beside all the really nice uh, jewelry shops, but that's no longer there anymore. That's right, okay. But he was six years ago. Like I was like, whoa, this is a contemporary mm. male barber shop. Yeah. And again, I was like, I was didn't follow any barbers. I never got my haircut in a barber shop. Only the local ones in Bray and O'Leary. So, at this time, I remember going like, it was you know friends are coming in. It was literally just painted walls. There was no, there was a record player, but you could hear the music from upstairs. So I didn't know what it was, but people thought it was real Berlin vibes. Yeah, yeah, Rustic, yeah. Rustic, there was like bikes and it was just loads of boxes of spray paint and old boxes of records in the shop. It was a storage unit that wasn't used, but mm. people were like, this is cool. Yeah. So back to Rosemary, she gave me a tiny mention in, like we're talking a column on the inside of the Saturday magazine in the Irish Times. And then I was getting like women, like and six-year-old ladies coming and saying, "Oh, Sean, also those ladies' haircuts and this." And then Le Cool was the magazine. I remember it. Yes. So, yeah. um, was it Kieran and Richard? God, you're giving me the feels now. I'm remembering this whole yeah. time, Le Cool. Yeah, yeah. And especially Same. for if you're into media, I've done this. These yeah. were like crazy like, to do a print magazine years ago, and these lads, them, I had done again I met the guys I spray painted two covers for them years ago but yeah. we won't go into the graffiti thing but um, that's a whole other thing and they were like wow Sean is doing this and they were like can we do a mention and then I had all these tiny little press articles which I still have somewhere in the office mm. like in a little plastic folder 
that there was kind of something happening in building like it's this it's the power of there was social media wasn't big then of print and this yeah and I then I was like right okay so then I had to I bought new paint I got these boxes kind of made or troopies I think they were Josh Gordon's they were made for him to have seats in that space I think I just repainted them and then instead of getting the chalk cut and sew logo, which was like terrible, like Eddie Rockets kind of like nineteen <laughs> thirties style design, Art Deco kind of vibes, I kind of Josh got me um, in touch with someone to do the first cut and sew T-shirt, and I was like, whoa! And then I had a new logo. So yeah. then I think that then with the Instagram was like, what the heck is going on here? Mm. And that was the first few months. I mean, maybe nine months, we'd rebranded, become very busy, had press. Yeah. And built the clientele and then it kind of moved upstairs mm. to the shop. And then the owner of the shop seen the success of this and he invested. He basically built me a space upstairs at the back of the shop and kind of set the tone for like subway tiles, mirrors, nice chairs. And then mm. that's it just took off then. And that's when I got to meet like so many yeah. good influential Dublin characters. You yeah, because you, I mean, you're so connected in terms of like, you know, creative people and stuff. Because obviously, Everyone needs their haircut, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's good. It's such, And I think I remember when I first heard about uh, Cut and Sew and like, you know, this sort of um, like experience that I suppose that all these guys that were getting to have. And it was kind of the thing of like, fuck, like, can yeah. I go in there and have a beer or like, you know, sit down? And I used to say to all the lads, I'll go with you and you're get your hair done. They'd be like, no, you're not coming in. Like, I'll meet you after. But now I want to go in and see Cut and Sew, you know? That's obviously why I chose to do the interview down there. But um, I'm wondering, you know, like when this is all going on and you're building and you're working in it, you know, something that I kind of struggle with um, is being in my business, right? So yeah. doing the business, doing the work yeah. and not having enough time to sit back and plan for the future, like building the business and growing. That's why someone like you is like, you know, not only very inspirational, but also impressive that you manage to work consistently in this but then it grow and grow organically and to have like a really good brand at the end of the day. Yeah, so I, I think I, I do follow a couple of the, well, there's nothing cheesy. If you get inspired by a fucking pigeon walking down the road, yes. great. And if you get inspired by quotes that you see on Instagram, great. I don't, inspiration comes in many forms. And the maddest thing for me is it's kind of people and people around me do inspire me. And all from my background, uh, kind of the closest people on on my friend list. I only know really five people properly. Mm. But, I, you know, it's like I have very few friends, but I know loads of people. Yes. And same with most people. I'm sure it's the same in, with yourself. But for me, the people around me kind of inspire me. And all the people I've met were kind of true the days when I did graffiti yeah. and that kind of time. And it was funny that when I talk about the five people on my hands, four of them did graffiti. And I know the fifth one from someone in that circle. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I don't really, I've kind of gone off track there a bit, but. Was the question kind of like what? No, not not what inspired me. How do I stay within the business and yeah, like continue how, to grow it? How do you grow a business while being in it and doing the work? Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. my my schedule is so full that like at the end of the week I'm like, okay, now how do I find time to do like you know a new business plan or get some new goals or you know I, I obviously throughout the week I'm like, oh that'd be really good or that's a really good person to get on the podcast or I could film there. But in terms of like really, you know growing a business as in like 
you know, making a oh, living yeah. off okay. it. You know what I mean? Okay, and like yeah, the, the, the the boring technical stuff that like you yeah. Know. Okay, that oh, so now I get yes. Yeah, I'm not used to a lot of this media obligations as I like to <laughs> shout about online. People think I'm going into like BBC Radio, but this is my BBC Radio. No, yeah, no offense. Highly important <laughs> podcast uh, show, and I'll have you know. But it's but for me, it's like I don't to grow your brand. You have to do things that nobody else can do. So yes like today I had to move two clients over now I had space so I did the two clients earlier so my lunch is now doing this which is great so I had a banana and a coffee and yes. this is a buzz to me Yeah, I can't send any of the other staff that we have and we've now like 20 staff so mm. I'm trying and how many how many how many barbershops so we've three shops um, we had a fourth which which failed and not due to my part it was a bad decision I made well it is it is probably my part but I had a business partner who's now no longer with us. He was under financial strain and mm. it was crazy. And it's, it's real sad to see someone go down that yeah, way. Of course, yeah. But I learned more than I lost. And I loved that saying. I was like, yes. I learned so much opening another store with somebody as a business mm. partner. But Even having the strength to say that failed, that's very hard for a lot of people yeah. to do. And a lot of people uh, would try and shy away from telling anyone, never mind on a no, podcast, that they failed. failed. Miserably, yeah. Well, I, I say it all the time. I failed at m- much more things than I've succeeded at in life. Yeah. And it's your attitude, isn't it? It's how you, you know, you're never going to be successful if every failure sets you back or yeah. really does affect you, I suppose. Even again with the kind of cheesy Instagram quotes, like it's, um, I think it was a Michael Jordan one where he's like, nobody remembers the 26 shots he missed for important wins, the 470 games he lost. Yeah. I just remember Michael Jordan as the champ champ, the best ever, the best ever. Or that's McGregor, the champ champ. <laughs> but the champion, champion, champion. Yeah. And they're like, um, they don't see that, but I'm very um, transparent with people, and I do try. I'm one of the, I think one of the very few people in Dublin or in Ireland as a barber that shares. I actually do ask me anything about an honest and open mm. side of running the business. So much so, I'm doing it at my first solo talk to a very well, intimate thing. Yeah, this and is, but you've done a talk already, though, didn't you? Did you do something or I've a done, part of? Yeah, it's it's. I did. Um, I've done a couple of talks with, um, just not before I go off, because you know me, I'll go off. <laughs> um, what is this talk? The talk is, uh, and it's a, it's what I learned. It's, I left school early, here's what I learned. Yes. And it's going to be an honest and open, maybe a half an hour chat with me, and there's only like a couple of tickets in one of our stores. We might move the venue out of the shop. I know plenty of nice places in town. And I want to try and share and help as many people, mm-hmm. either wanted to get into the industry, in the industry, or someone, you know, that's just maybe looking for some inspiration. But yeah. the an open, honest way of, here's what I did. This didn't work. Mm. This did work. This works for me. And help people. Because I kind of get more of an enjoyment out of looking after people or helping. Well, this was my question. It was, like, why would you do that? You know, you're running a successful business. You've got loads of staff. You know, mm. you're, you're, you've got a busy social life, busy schedule. Why would you take this next step into... Sharing. relaying your knowledge or or trying to help people so so i did a talk i did the, i did one it was the aib startup for kids thing in the rds and i was crapping myself i did yeah. i was on a panel which i didn't mind because i don't like it's funny that i like the notoriety in some ways but i don't like I, i'm it's kind of funny i'm kind of shy actually yeah but I like the notoriety, but I'm shy, so I, I struggle. I can be yeah. like, I can get a bit jittery or I can kind of lose focus on what I'm talking about or I can like sweat profusely. So yeah. I was in the RDS, <laughs> I was like 200 kids just looking at me like this. Yeah. And I was like, my palms were like sweaty. <laughs> I thought I was going to get sick. 
And when I was there giving the talk, I was like, wow, I got a mad feeling of helping and like encouraging people. And two people come up to me after two kids, like, I want to be a barber like you. Mm. And it kind of gave me a little spark to do more talks and podcasts. Yeah. And I felt like when I shared more, more success came my way. Yes. I really did. Like there was like, like opportunities came and they were like, that was so honest. And then after that, I got approached by Jamie White, who runs the University of Life. And he was like, he runs um, the Start Summit, which was in Dublin Castle. Mm. And he was like, we want you to go onto the main stage. Daddy. Here's what I learned was this kind of topic. And I'm like, okay, I'm the only one in my industry on the main stage, like 500 people this time. Mm. And I wore a Dangerous When Focus hoodie and I brought a guy with me to film, like, because I was taught this was a mad moment. Yeah. Brought my mom, my auntie. And it was, I got like, I got even more nervous this time. I was like, I need to keep on doing it. Yes. I was like, um, I, I did better, I think, than the first one. And then when I was there, there was more people from my industry had bought tickets. And then it, there was like maybe six people afterwards that were like, can I ask you, how do you do this? And how much, how do you hire staff? And it was funny that when I gave out more and more came and then I got another, oppor- excuse me, another opportunity now to do a solo thing. Someone approached me and like, look, we think you've got a great story to tell. Yeah. I guarantee we could market you as an entrepreneur. And I don't want to be a product. I just want to do something that nobody in my industry has done mm. as many times as I can. Yeah. And they were two big ones that nobody has done and nobody has done one in Ireland like this. Yeah. Even if 10 people come, I'd be blown away by that. Yeah. What's your idea of success? Um, I think, I think, I, I never like, I, I have a very good life. Like I'm not rich by any mm. means, but like I live in town. I don't own a house. I don't drive. I don't own a Rolex. Like yeah. I think my lifestyle is my, like is my wealth. Yeah. Like I can eat out any day, as many times a day as I want. <laughs> um, I can take two or three nice holidays a year and I'm happy. Like yeah. my mental state is so important. I yeah. see guys, as we said, I had a business partner that things weren't too well mm-hmm. with and financial strain. And this has been the, fi- the hardest year of my career financially and mentally and personally, actually. It's kind of funny. It's all come. And I just think if I wasn't in the job that I like doing or doing something that I like, you know, and Suicide Prevention Week, or was it, you know... National Suicide National Prevention Day was day, two, two days, days ago. ago. Yeah. And I was like, God, I'm very fortunate to be in a state where I can come mm. down, have a nice chat with somebody like yourself, yeah. or be correct. Like, I get a buzz out of just meeting people, and then going yes. back, and I'm fully booked today. I think I have one space, but every person that's in there is supporting me. And I don't know, I make them feel better. Mm. So my job is to make someone feel better in 30 minutes and look better. And I get, like, a buzz off each cut. Yeah. So it's instant gratification. If I show someone their haircut, they're like, this is deadly. And then I'm like, right, that's that's a little buzz for me. Absolutely. I've made at least a couple of people all day mm. look good or feel good about themselves. What I'm trying to kind of, I suppose, dig into is that there's so many people, as you say, in your industry that are doing what you do. Um, there's so many people that are successful for whatever reason, whether they're like this creative genius when it comes to a cut or they have like, you know, branding down to a T or whatever it is. But... There's obviously something in the experience that your clients get when they go to you or when they, they go into one of your barbershops and you're obviously instilling a certain type of way to be when you go in there because obviously people are, you're you're leading by example. So the guys that you have in the shop, it's it's always been known that like, you know, oh, it's cool, all the lads, that's so-and-so from Cut and Sew or, you yeah. know, it's always a head that you know when you're out for a few points or whatever, you know what I mean? So it, it's obviously something that filters down from, you know, the, from from the top down to the the bottom, but I'm wondering where your your I suppose your 
em- your empathy comes from or your sort of like you know compassion because it is empathy and compassion that you're like saying that you want to give something back to someone or you want to make them feel good about the experience that they're buying into I'm wondering where that whole that comes from so I think I think from the hairdressing side of things you you kind of have a consultation you know yourself obviously yeah. being a woman the hairdressing experience when you go in it's kind it's kind of professional and how are you doing and mm-hmm. they know you by name and they greet you at the door would you like a tea or a coffee and then they give the service or do the service and they're like this was really nice yeah. but in the barber shop culture that was never there mm. so I think the reason why Cutting So went and did so well was I used the hairdressing side of things and I had no experience in barbering so I would say whether it was a, a guy or a girl coming in and greet them by name because obviously they would text and it's something that I tell all the staff you should know the client's name before they come in because obviously yeah. we have a booking system and it makes them feel welcome and comfortable mm, Yeah. so if Mary came in or John came in I'd be like yeah Mary John likes to meet you can you get would you like a water or a beer it's like a gesture yeah they're not you know they're like whoa this it was kind of a little bit revolutionary in yeah. Dublin which is mad because it's been done for years mm. in America and yeah. some parts of Europe and then it's just up to you to be a nice person and to do your job mm-hmm. like everyone I think my job is is easy it's dealing with the people excuse me is the hard thing yeah in anything yeah 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 so yeah. I think from the top down it's what I used to do was make sure you talk to the client eye contact handshake and do do the best of your ability like as I said everything I did was to the best of my mm. ability even if I look back now and go that was crap yeah and I don't know I've, I'm kind of proud so if somebody comes into the shop or ahead or someone I kind of I like them to feel like they're totally welcome because mm. I remember the days when they had to walk in and come down a you know a bit of a I don't no I don't want to say it's a rough uh, like the record shop but it can be an intimidating scenario yeah, going of past course, yeah. bikes and boxes of record it was an effort but mm. now we're located quite primely like Wellington Quay Dundrum Main Street Lord Edward Street and now they can just walk in and yeah. it's the atmosphere I even still from when they had to come in and give a handshake so. It was pretty, yeah, I think that's what I like about what we do now. It hasn't changed. Nothing I've done. I just try to do it better. Yeah. You know? You have um, a big kind of stance or you're, you're always very vocal on your social media about mental health and about, you know, you know, being open, I suppose, and being yeah. honest. Where does that come from? Is that from personal experience or, or why is it important for you to, to get that out there, I suppose? Um, I had two people... Two, three people last year very close to me all males all suicidal um, one two attempts and one kind of threatening and a bit of like mental health issues mm-hmm. and I was like whoa this is what I said mentally like a lot of people don't notice and people hide it and they think there's a bravado like everything's good and I'm happy and good and everything on social media is real and honest and I try and put up with the very few followers I have to like be real and say if you're not feeling good come in and get a haircut and it's something yep. I wanted I, I would love to do was like I was going to try and do um, like a sticker and try and set up like a forum where it's like open up I just had an idea where every barber station we have in the shop it says open up and it's like a little text number so it just goes to a random person it was going to be me right but amazing yeah. but I can still do it but it would, I would try and get it into motion that Vlad was sitting there for half an hour and just as a sticker it says open up and we have 500 lads probably between the three shops every week, times 52 weeks a year. That's like t- like thousands of men mm. coming into the shop that might not have someone as close mm-hmm. as I do, like friends, brothers, or the people on my hands to talk to. That if they could just not remember a number, like it was like five, 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 they could mm. just text and say, yeah. hey, what's this? Or, you know, 
I, my head's doing, my yeah. head's erect. So when I come in to work each day, some days it's a mental battle for me. I don't want to be there, but with what's going on personally, you kind of have to try and, I don't know, I think you have to try and just put on a brave face. But when I'm in work, no matter how bad I'm feeling outside, I, can't, I do feel better after a yes. hard day's mm-hmm. white graft, you know? Yeah. No, it's really important. And that's a really good idea. And I've done so many, like, you know, um, I was recently asked, it's like for families of, of um, uh, people who've lost people to drugs. So it's a kind yeah. of a grieving thing, right? So we've done this thing in Croke Park and it was sort of like sit around a table and think about ideas of how we can help people go forward. And one thing that like that, what I said was that a lot of the support services, you know, whether it's therapy, counselling, whatever, they close the doors at five o'clock. What's what's the most, po- is it PA the house? Is that for suicide? PA the house is suicide and then there is um, suicide or survive, which is a really good, um, uh, do you say charity? Yeah, it's a charity. Yeah. That I actually used um, last year, one of the kids that was in her gym, her um, friend had committed suicide and I didn't know how to deal with how she what she was going through okay so she was coming to me saying like you know how how do I feel better and I was like I don't know you know what I mean like I was like and I lost a friend to suicide 15 years ago and even though I've experienced it I still was so preoccupied with right what is the right thing to say you don't want to say the wrong thing to a 14 year old do you know what I mean and then it's my fault that's you know so I rang them so they're really good for not only if you have a family member or you've lost someone for suicide but also looking for advice on what to do so it's it's something that is like really important and I definitely appreciate it when I saw that you were so you know heavily vocal about it it's really important yeah the open up thing if that was that was just an idea in the head I think it could do well I always want to do something for a charity and I I know it's not I think the guys in uh, in the ink factory do a great job that's why I think I've seen it from PA the house yeah the um I can't think of the one of the owners' name, but I think his brother, he lost his brother to suicide and I thought it was a really, really amazing kind of campaign and now for it and they raised a lot of money and credit to the lads, they've they've blossomed. And this is the thing, a lot of people in, in Dublin, they try not to mention other barbershop names or they try and belittle them and, you know, put them down. I'm like, I want everyone to, to do well and be yeah. successful. So much so that when I see other people do good, I'm like, that's brilliant. Mm. And I'm, I could have, like, I wanted to do that and I just don't know how to do it, but you know, I help in my own little way. But I remember just seeing, I was like, I think they raised like 15,000 at the last yeah. event wow. for PA the house, I think. I hope that's right. Mm. And I was like, and they, they said the phones are literally like hopping all day. Yeah. So it, that's why someone said to me, if you're going to do a charity, do something that's close to home. Yeah. And, you know, and so I'll have to look into that because it's kind of ignorant that I don't know if that's 100% it, but I yeah. will look no, into that's, it. No, it's really cool, Daddy. When you think about your kind of place in the future, what what are your kind of hopes or what are your, your dreams or goals for yourself? Um. So what? It's kind of fun. I'm 32 now. Um, God, you're old. I know, I'm old. I've, I've actually got great <laughs> Says the 35-year-old across the table from you. <laughs> um, ter- I don't really, th- I have a little bit of a plan. There was talks of London, there was talks of a shop in New York, but I don't know if it actually mm. works. There's yeah. numerous hip, cool barbershops that do whiskeys and beers yeah. all over the world now. So I think I'm going to try and, um, you know, I do what I've always done, just keep, the, t- the crew happy keep maybe expanding if people wanted to be I don't think I'd franchise I've been offered but my, my thoughts has changed on franchise now if something's good why not have it everywhere but I yes. kind of like that we're quite special and yeah. Cutting Saw was like a staple in the Irish and European barber community like you know we're 
at the top of our game yeah, and it's only absolutely. getting better so I think just look after what we have for the next year or two because mm-hmm. it's been the hardest year mentally financially and physically for us like I yeah. you know so if I can just continue to to keep on top of all that maybe you have to be like an area manager and yeah not, and not cut as much <laughs> yeah. but I like cutting here so maybe just look after what I have and keep on continuing to spread the message of looking after people and that's I'm not in the hair cutting industry I'm in like the looking after people industry that's what yeah. I truly think yeah. so maybe just more of that and it's brilliant to, to it's interesting happy. I ask you that and then you meant like you're answering everything about work so it's all work related oh okay <laughs> For me personally. I'm analysing you right now. Well, this is good. See, I learned something about myself. That, God, what? Well, I booked a holiday for myself. You did. You t- said January. last night you booked a holiday. Where are you going in January? But that it's interesting because some people say that to me as well. Like, what are like what are your aspirations? Or I'm doing an event uh, at the end of the month. And one of the things, the guy who's emceeing was like, right, what are your and it was work goals related. and dreams? And emceeing, I was like, what, well, I want to do this, I want to do that. And then I sat back and I was like, and also have a lovely social life, you know, like it was, it was all about work. So it's interesting where oh, everyone's minds are at. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you notice I'm doing how many episodes now is this? Well, this is 11, 11 but yeah. like in terms of interviewing oh. people, it's like five years. So I, I actually think I might hold the like big, the like largest amount of people interviewed in combat sports in Ireland. Definitely. Oh, well, 100%. Andrew McGann is not, he doesn't have a patch on me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who that is as well. But definitely not. There's no lady in But uh, yeah, so, so like I'm, I'm, it's turned into a thing that that's why I love doing the podcast so much because you get to like delve into people's brains a little bit yeah. more, you know. Um, but w- in terms of like personally, what are your what are your hopes and dreams? Like at the end, like on your final gasp of air on this wonderful journey, <sighs> like what what are, what what do you are your hopes for yourself? It's like you know my real thing is like I come from a big family. I'd love to meet someone to you know. Again, yeah, I've just, yeah, I've been single like two years. I'd love to meet somebody. And are all your family. families, uh, it's all brothers that you have? So I'm the eldest and the younger guys are starting to have babies and stuff. So my, yes. my, you know, little do I know, I've become my mom's travel partner, which <laughs> is great. My mom's cool, but it's very expensive bringing her mom away because <laughs> no doubt she'll want to come to Bali after hearing this. But I didn't invite her at the start. Um, I think, yeah, just to be a family man, if the businesses are running good, like, yeah. you know, I hate that. It's like work in your 20s, craft in your 30s, enjoy Return your 40s. Your 40s. <laughs> yeah, or so. Walk off. Yeah, it's cheesy Instagram <laughs> quote. But as I, I just like working. So maybe yeah. it'd be nice to meet somebody, set a family yeah. up. And I think like build a home. I'd like to make, my dream would be mm-hmm. to build a house. Like yeah. not just buy a house, like build a house like in yeah. Docky or Rat Michael and I want an indoor half outdoor swimming pool. Yeah. So I don't even look here because that's going to take to do. Two invites for the lads here when yeah. this house gets built. Like, yeah. we're coming out. Absolute yeah. session. But it's really interesting because, like, I'm asking this and it's kind of going back to, you know, when I meet people who are really happy or seem to be very mm-hmm. happy and are fulfilling lives that, you know, make them happy or they're kind of chasing a purpose or they have a dream or a goal, that they're their kind of definition of happiness or success never really filters around money or kind of like, you know, um, superficial riches, I suppose. Like, oh, I want to get a bleeding, you know, BMW or whatever. I don't drive by this. I don't even Ford Fiesta to me. Like, it's all the same. But it's interesting that, you know, you're like, oh, you know, just, you know, be happy. Maybe keep the business going, travel, have a family. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but yes, to somebody that doesn't know you, they're like, shit, he's got his shit totally together and he's really successful. So it's kind of my thing of that, like happiness and success is 
to the person, you know, in your own mind, but also it's really about, you know, doing what you love and and spending every day being happy or, you know, around people that make you happy or doing something that makes you happy. Do you yeah, know what it's I mean? funny how your, your values change when you're a kid or you think you see like, oh, somebody has a BMW, Mercedes or a Rolex. They're lovely things and I yeah. think their lifestyle amazing. You know, I'm just as happy wearing a H&M T-shirt as I am wearing a Gucci T-shirt. Yeah. And I only ever bought one Gucci and I wasn't happy. In it. <laughs> but that, that was me trying to be flashy. That'll go in. That's a funny story for another podcast. But yeah, I don't know, just being happy. And just, it's nice yeah. to just walk around and have a clear headspace. I, there's mm-hmm. so many people that just don't have that luxury. It's not even a luxury, is it? It's like, a, I don't know what, the, what well, it is. Well, it, it, yeah. it is a luxury, Sean, because if you are in your mind, if you have realized that the nine to five, the rat race will not make you happy and will not leave you fulfilled, then yes, that is a luxury because not many people have the luxury of thinking like that. So I feel that if you're in that mindset or head, once you get into that headspace, you can't get out of it because you always know what feels good or what doesn't feel good. Do you know what I mean? Like if you quit everything now and someone comes to you and goes, right, we want to offer you this big fucking flash job in bleeding London and you're going to run a team of 700 people and we're going to pay X amount of money you're like you're probably going to do it you're like this is deadly but you find yourself in an office looking at a computer screen for 10 hours a day you're going to be like wearing a Rolex though wearing a Rolex (laughs) looking out at your Ferrari out the window you know what I mean what time is it where's the champagne I don't even wear a watch that's that's when you really know you've made it you don't need a watch watch. there's a a guy standing next to Sean now he tells him the time every 10 minutes (laughs) and he dropped well he's got now (laughs) but um, so it is it is really really interesting interesting but uh one thing that i always love to ask people that come on as well is um how would you like to be remembered um how would i like to be remembered god that's it's not morbid is it well <laughs> i mean it kind of is but <laughs> yeah, also well, I, I have a fascination totally is, actually <laughs> see i have a thing with like where it comes from for me is what's their sign to you leo okay not that i know fuck fire, all about stars i'm total definition of a leo um but where i always think about it is like i have the i'm um not an emotional like you know vault of you know a tell people everything but i believe in that like when you love someone you should tell them when someone annoys you you should tell them obviously not be like you know yeah great murder but like do you know what i mean you should be tell you spread your emotions you should be honest truthful you know a good person the whole lot but i always like get fascinated by funerals where it's like this opportunity where people like talk about how wonderful you are and share stories okay. about you know um stuff that you've done and and things that made them feel good or impacted them in some way that you maybe wouldn't necessarily you know like so someone goes like i remember one day that you turned around and you said to me blah blah and it's always stayed with me and it always reminds me of you you know shit like that and i love that and that's stuff that you get around the pub table after like eight points of guinness we're like i remember or you know you're telling stories i kind of do get yeah i mean I'm not, I'm not gonna lie I've always seen that episode of Friends where Ross fakes his death to see who comes yes and I've thought about doing it obviously not but I'd love to see who would come and what they would have to say yeah. sorry I do tell lo- that, yeah, I, I was, want you all balling in the front row why didn't you tell me that then or, yeah, why didn't you say it to me and, and I hate that yes. yeah. How, I think just to be a nice lad good good friend and I don't know, like a bit, just a bit of warmth in the room. I don't have BDE, you know, which yeah. I was told a while ago. What's BDE? 
uh, big dick energy, right? <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Did like, you know what that means? Shane nodding. Okay. I got a little bit of that myself. <laughs> so one of my best friends has it. and <laughs> oh, He caught the disease, did yeah. he? <laughs> and I, I kind of get it, but it was just that he lives in New York, so it's, I mean, it is a very cheesy, whatever, yeah. wanky term, but when he comes into the room, it's like, it, it, there's a much nicer way of saying it. You just like, you get that good energy, but yeah. I think I do bring good energy where Absolutely, I go. Absolutely, yeah. But I don't have it. The, the BDE, I don't do just yet. Because again, I'm quite shy. But this guy is like 6'3", so he's already intimidating and big. Yeah. And I don't know, just, just be a good ball of energy if I can. Maybe I'll, I'll change the BDE to something Please else. Please do, that's yeah. a terrible term. It's not welcome on this podcast yeah. anymore. Oh no, I'm bad now. This <laughs> is bad. Absolutely. Um, but just, yeah, nice lad, pretty friendly guy and good family member. And yeah, yeah. I'm a great son, by the way. I just know that. I asked, and you know what? And kid. before we finish, like uh, the relationship that I mean, I I don't I like don't know your mom at all, yeah. but I can tell that you've got a really good relationship with her, and that's you know yeah. obviously that's something that's very important to you. Yeah, she. So she's I'm obviously Shawnee B, and but we call her the Queen B, yeah. right? It's that's what's her second name is Brian, but um she's great. She's she's a warrior. She's a mom and a dad. She's six kids. We've never wanted for any. All our kids are great, mm. and she's just she's she is like. If not my best friend, but one of them, right? Because there's, there's times my mom actually works with us now, which is kind of crazy. So I'm technically her boss. Yeah. So I'm just like, what times you got? Intense <laughs> times. But <laughs> it's, I couldn't trust anyone more. And she has my best intentions at heart, yes. as she has done from the womb up to now. So as, as much as I can, like, I'll try and bring her away or do things yeah. for her. But again, it's nice to go and do nice things and holidays. But yes. sometimes a phone call means more to her or a text she might be having a bad day yes. and I get so caught up in work mm. and so I have lost relationships with just being work, yeah. work, work. But yeah, I think my mom is just, she's always going to be there but, um, well, you know what I mean? You don't know when someone's going to go. No, and absolutely. what a great person to have. She's done a great job raising me so I'm going to try and, you know, look after her as best as I can. Amazing. She'll definitely have the west wing of the house in dock you know, that <laughs> Michael, you know and she can use the swimming pills on Sundays and Wednesdays <laughs> yeah that's such a that's a lovely note to leave our, our podcast on all the heartstrings of all the girls will be like oh this is amazing I know but she's I'm definitely using this in my advantage <laughs> right away <laughs> He's such a nice guy. He's such a lovely guy. Your mom's like, am I going to Bali though? What's happening? Yeah. That's where you're going in January. Yeah. Is it? You went to Bali? Amazing. Yeah. I went to a gym over there and did yoga and I was, I've never gone away and gone to a gym. Like yeah. 32 years. Just usually a beat to Portugal yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. Best best time I had. And they let you drive mopeds with no license. Yeah, see, I, I'm dying to go to Thailand. That's my thing. I want to go mm. to Thailand for, but I want eight weeks where I can just go and... I've eight days. No yeah. joking. That's yeah. that's all I can take away. The yeah. joys of being well, you're self employed, so it's yeah. like, you know, but the joys of that that's all I can go away. Yeah. But that's heaven to me. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. What's the flight over though? Twenty hours in total. Fuck. Could you not just go to bleeding Sligo or something like <laughs> No, do you know it took you three hours to get there. I went to where did I go? Not to go keep on ram. I went to I did. Uh, I want to do Karen Tool. Yeah, so yeah, I haven't yeah, done that. I yeah, only did yeah, yeah. Crow Patrick. That was like nowhere near as hard as. So yeah. I started off small and oh yeah, Kerry. I'm gonna go to Kerry for a week as well before the year's out. Do you? Where I was in? Um, I was in Kerry. I was like, I was in Kerry. I was in Castle Ge- Castle Gregory, which is 
20 kilometers outside of Dingle. Nice. Yeah, just like two weeks ago. And it was the best week of my life. Yeah, like, so I'll do that. Literally. Well. I don't have to go to Bali, but I just... Absolutely. Yeah, it. no, go to Bali if you can go to Bali, 100%. And but listen, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. So when is this talk? The talk is November the 13th um, and tickets are 15 euro the link is in my bio. <laughs> I sound like such so, an influencer. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> Four people are going for it, whatever. Um, and it's going to be on in the shop, I think, at the minute, but Brilliant. hopefully we'll move the venue. But it's, yeah, it's just a good way to anyone wants to know about the pros and cons actually of business yeah. and no hold barred. So it's I'm definitely very transparent. Go. I'm going to be yeah. there. I will be there. And it's very interesting um, to get you on because about two years ago, I had like a oh my God, I'm fucking failing in everything in life. This is not going to work. I have to fucking leg it now and had a moment of what am I going to do? And I was going to do a barbering course. <laughs> I was yeah, going to become um... a barber. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to become a barber and then I can travel anywhere in the world and just barber my way through life. <laughs> it lasted about two or three weeks and I was like, oh, I'll just keep at this hill. Yeah, no, you're doing, I think you're doing very well for yourself. So Thanks well done. It's Thanks. a credit to you. But I am going to uh, go down to... Um, to your talk and also maybe I'll do a few interviews in your shops yeah that'd be dead nice I'm always now. looking for locations so that'd be cool but thank you very much Shawnee B a uh, pleasure and uh, anyone who is interested in finding out more about Shawnee go to your Instagram it's yeah. Shawnee B baby <laughs> it's baby <laughs> yeah. and Cut and Sew obviously is on Instagram as well and all social so check it out great thank you very much enjoy your day thank you